0: Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gurell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. Hello, Lori
1: King-Taylor.
0: How are you today, my friend? I am
1: fantastic. And how are you?
0: I am fantastic as well. I'm going to steal your word today. No, it's just uh, the weather's starting to turn and exciting things on the horizon. It's just just a happy day.
1: I'm glad. Now, whenever we say hello to each other, I just think about your son and how he mimics us because he listens to our podcast. And apparently we have such a pattern (laughs) that he could do our opening for us.
0: He does. It's hysterical. He's 15 years old and he listens to all of our podcasts, which just blew my mind. But yes, he does walk around the house mimicking. Hello, Lori (laughs) Gurrell. Hello, Lori King Taylor. (laughs) It's quite, it's quite humorous.
1: Yeah. And I like that, that we are in a rhythm and that we can appeal to a 15-year-old. So I think it's a win-win.
0: Oh, I do too. I do too. The fact that a 15-year-old, you know, maybe he's getting some of the things that we're talking about, that they're logging in for him at 15. And that to me is a good thing. Because, you know, if I sat down and tried to have this conversation with him based (laughs) on the different topics... I'm sure they would go, oh, mom. But the fact that he listens to the podcast, hello, Brock,
1: (laughs) when he listens
0: to this, you know, and I also get the, mom, why do you talk about me?
1: (laughs) And here we go. So we're going to just make sure he knows as we kick this one off that he became the, the frontline star.
0: That's right. That we're thinking of him even when we're doing our podcast.
1: So, and I think this particular topic would be a great one for a young person to learn as well as a leader.
0: Oh, I think it would be because we are going to talk today about reality testing. And oh my goodness, how many of us need to get a grip and do some reality testing?
1: Amen. Amen. And this is one that I get to use with my clients quite a bit, but by definition, Reality testing is the ability to assess the correspondence between what is experienced and what objectively exists. And it involves tuning in to the immediate situation. Now, if we take out this big uh, dictionary definition of it, we'll say, in other words, it's the capacity to see things objectively the way they are rather than the way we wish them or fear them to be.
0: You know, and that's a great way for us to break them down when we think about the way we wish or fear them to be. So a lot of times when we look at situations, we look at them, one, as they, the way we wish them to be, we're kind of looking through those rose-colored glasses, being overly optimistic at the situation, or we look at the situation the way we Fear them to be. So it's doom and gloom. We think about everything that could go wrong. And then the situation as it really is. And that's where reality testing comes in. It's the ability to accurately read the current situation as it is. So let's kind of go through and break those down a little bit further.
1: Well, the, wearing the rose-colored glasses, that way we wish things to be, would probably be the one that I would be accused of the most. And it's something that I would say came up in, in feedback regularly enough that it's an area where I put attention on that. But I am just left to my own devices. I am going to try to find the positive in it. I am going to try to not look too hard at the the negative side of it or the problem areas. So that's the unintentional me. Okay, so
0: let me ask you. So when I'm working with clients who are very optimistic, very positive people, and we do their EQI assessment and they score lower in this reality testing, the question back to me is, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with being overly optimistic. I would much rather be an optimistic person than a negative person. Why is it unhealthy to always look at things with rose-colored glasses?
1: And that I think is is an excellent question and one that you could ask that very question to your clients because it really invites the thought process of what, what is the downside to being positive? Because a positive person is not going to see that there is another option or another side to that. In my opinion, in my work, forcing myself to look at the other angles, where problems might come up, how somebody else might experience the same situation, it allows me to see more angles, allows me to be more empathetic, more prepared for situations that could come up. So there are lots of reasons why... Just having the rose-colored glasses on is not enough.
0: Yeah, we miss things. When we're only looking at things in such a positive light, we can really miss some really key important factors in a situation. So can we look at the situation with an optimistic attitude? Absolutely. But looking at it and looking at what's really going on. So not hiding our head in the sand. You know, like an ostrich and saying, well, I'm only going to look at the good, but really being able to analyze, okay, yeah, we can look at it in a positive, very optimistic attitude, but what's really going on so that we're not missing some really key things that we might need to put our finger on. And I think that's
1: something that's difficult for people, whether they are on the overly optimistic or the overly negative end of the spectrum is having that 360 look at something to really step out of your own skin and say, what are the facts here? And removing our emotion from it.
0: Exactly. And that's the key, right, is removing the emotion from the situation and being able to look at it without all of that extra. And I think if you're an overly optimistic person, getting feedback, you know, as you're looking at the situation, as a leader is looking at the situation with a team is stopping long enough to listen to your people who might be trying to bring you down and you might consider them negative Nellie's. But paying attention to that is what they're saying. Is there any truth in what they're saying with this situation and that there is being able to address it?
1: And I think it's like anything else in the, in the land of emotional intelligence. It's not about a high score on optimism or a high score on pessimism. It's that balance, bringing them both in and not being tied up on a score, if you will, that's just a starting point to say, where do I need to balance that out? Because if you look at our assessments in a reality testing, if it is on the lower end of the spectrum, it, that doesn't tell us if they're positive or negative, that's our exploration point to say, where are they and what does it need to be balanced out with?
0: Right. Exactly. I, my clients who score really high on optimism and really low on reality testing, I said, I do not want you to bring your optimism down. This isn't about bringing that score down. It's about bringing the other up to meet it.
1: Yeah. And high score is not the end game. It's balance is the game balance.
0: Exactly. So what about those who are more on that pessimistic side? So the situation they fear, you know, it's that doom, that gloom, that all can go wrong. I had a client who I was a little concerned about before we had our coaching session because he scored really low in optimism, really low in that uh, happiness factor. Those were all, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this, (laughs) I'm really concerned for this guy's mental. What am I
1: walking into?
0: Exactly. And he was like, no, I, I'm not caught off guard. If I always look for what's wrong and I always look for the bad, I'm not caught off guard. But if I, if I'm optimistic and something goes wrong, then it brings me down. But if I stay down and I always look at the bad, then I don't have to worry about it when it does go bad.
1: Right. And the opportunity there is for him to look at how do others experience him? How does he convey his his way of viewing something, of preparing for something and he's going to the negative end, but how do people experience him? So that's what could be adjusted.
0: Exactly, exactly. So if you take a person like yourself, who's very optimistic and you're in the room with this person that always sees, sees the doom or gloom, it has a negative impact on you so it has a negative impact on the team and it's just a you know nobody wants to come in you know it's like oh my gosh it's you know things are always falling apart it's always a bad day
1: it would feel very it's it does feel very polarizing when that is the scenario and i mean think about it if There were a bunch of me in the room and we were unchecked, right? We weren't paying attention and we're being very positive and, and optimistic. It would appear to somebody that is not that we were being very poly we're being very naive. And when that lens goes on, they shut down to anything we say. Right, right. So the bringing it into balance really is the reality testing in that situation. When you you have those two opposing views and looking at what in here is fact, let's look at that because that's the the question that I get to ask my clients when they are really going down a path and it doesn't seem backed by fact. And I will ask them, what in here is, is fact. And what in here is your interpretation of the fact? And that brings everything back to being more objective about it.
0: It does. And, you know, listen for words like, well, it always.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a big one.
0: Yeah, it never works out the way it's supposed to. So when you have those extreme words, I mean, really, is it always? Has there ever been a situation yeah. where it wasn't? Is it always? Never has there ever been a situation where it was. We tend to go to those extreme words and I would guarantee 98% of the time, that's probably not the case. Right.
1: That there's not an always and a a never in there. And and that is a, a good time to like ask the question, you know, do the reality testing of the scenario. But if you think about it and listen to a lot of the words you and I are even using, it sounds a lot like our amygdala is getting hijacked.
0: Oh, hmm. Hmm. So the monkey mind play a part in this as well. Do they?
1: It seems that they play all over the place, but in listening to these conversations in the always and the never, that is our our brain trying to protect us. If we're being very overly optimistic and not wanting to view what could go wrong. That's another way our our brains are trying to protect us. So monkey mind and Amy will jump in at either end of that. It doesn't mind. It just is getting the signal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Amy is it's, she's all about your survival, right? It's all about your survival. So Based on you and what you've fed it over the years, your survival mechanism is either going to the extreme of optimism or going to the extreme of pessimism. And that's what they know and that's what they apply. So we've got to retrain. You know, we've talked a lot about rewiring, retraining our brains to where monkey mind and Amy are not going to those. It's like, you know, no, Amy, not today. I'm not going. the pessimistic side. I'm not going to be overly optimistic. I am going to look at the facts as they are in front of me right now. Yeah. And if
1: we step back and look at reality testing in the realm of decision-making, which is where it falls when you and I work within emotional intelligence, it can get pretty clear. And I think it is, as we talk about Amy and monkey mind jumping in, how we make decisions, if we are staying at one end or the other and not forcing ourselves to come to the middle, our decisions can be pretty skewed.
0: Right. They can be. And when we look at the situation and let's say we are in that pessimistic, our brains are created for negativity bias. That's, that's just a fact. But that really keeps us from being able to see some wonderful opportunities that could come from the situation at hand.
1: If, if we're magnifying one side or the other, we're so focused in that direction that opportunity, new opportunities, new ideas really don't have a foothold. They can't get in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that again is where, you know, we talked about when we're being overly optimistic and having people you know, give us feedback that we're being overly optimistic. We need to, again, listen for that feedback. If we happen to be that person that's always throwing the damp towel on things, always has the negative, we need to ask our team, you know, what do you see from me? And like the gentleman that I was coaching, you know, he, he saw that as a very positive thing that he was always negative. He always looked for the bad until we really talked through that and the effect that that could have on not only him, but the effect that it has on his team as a leader. So asking your people, where do you see me? Do do I tend to be an overly negative person or do I tend to be an overly positive person?
1: I have an example, and this was me, gosh, probably 15 years ago or more. And I was trying, I was still in corporate and I was trying to convey something that my client wanted done. And I had a team of people assembled. And I remember clearly we were in the cafeteria and I completely misread the room, what was going on amongst the people. And I, at the time, I know I did not step back to reality test and say, what else could that be? I saw side conversations happening and, and people seeming very disengaged. And I had a very abrupt moment. So we've talked about impulse control before. Mm -hmm. So my reality testing was definitely connected to my impulse control. And rather than stepping back and thinking about what are the facts here, I had an explosive moment and I was just like, I really would wish you would pay attention here. This is very important for the client and which is totally uncharacteristic of me. And it is one of those things that I still, I need, I know I need to let it go, but I still beat myself up about that. But that is one of those scenarios where my completely hijacked, I didn't do the reality testing and I acted impulsively.
0: Yeah. So when we talk about reality testing, what we're really talking about is being very objective with the situation at hand. So being able to look for evidence that will not only confirm or justify your feelings. So in that situation, you could have looked at the situation. You could very easily confirm what you were thinking. You could, you could find the evidence, even though the evidence really didn't support, you could make it look like it would support. So it's being able to take that out again, you know, like we said, take that emotion out and being able to not look to support our idea and what we're thinking, but to support what is actually happening.
1: Right. Cause we color the situations that are happening around us with our own biases and back to Amy and that we have built these protection mechanisms over time. So it's sometimes can be difficult to step back, but that is the key to what we're talking about with reality testing is coming back, stepping back into this and saying, what is true? How am I interpreting it? What do I need to do with this from here? And it takes so much practice.
0: It really does. And, and you really need to, at times, even to be able to have some questions just sitting there beside you that you can refer back to. Because you know when we're in the emotion of the situation and is thinking, okay, do I think that I'm reading the situation? Is it clear? Is it grounded in fact? Not fact to support how I'm feeling, but fact as it is. Or does it appear that I'm being overly optimistic or overly pessimistic? And then, you know, once you're able to really assess that situation, looking at, were you off base? And if you were, In Next time you have that particular situation, how can you look at how your brain naturally goes and be able to pull it back and say, okay, I've assessed situations in the past, I tend to be to this extreme, and this is what I need to do in the future in order to keep from going to one end.
1: Right, and you can call in your accountability allies. Exactly. People who are going to give you honest feedback of and sharing with them. This is where I go. This is what I want to do differently and have that support and getting candid, good, solid feedback. Not your best buddy saying, oh, no, no, you were great. And everyone loves you. Oh,
0: if, and if you're the leader of a team, you have to give your people permission to be honest with you. Because a lot of times, you know, if I'm a subordinate, I might be a little hesitant to give feedback to my supervisor or leader that can be seen as, I hate to use the word negative, but different than what I think they want to hear, right? It's, you know, do I tend to be a very pessimistic individual? Oh, no, no, you're just, you're good. You're you. You're you are good you are you are you You're you, just, you know, I hate that saying. I hate the saying, just be you. Um, (laughs) It just drives me insane. (laughs) Is you've got to give your people permission to say, look, I really do want to work on this. So if you see me sliding to whatever it it is, I need you to tell me. I need you to say, this is a time I feel that. You know, we need to look at the situation a little more clearly. You know, you're being overly optimistic or tease with me and tell me I have my rose colored glasses on, shoot holes in it, you know, and bring me, but, but I can't emphasize enough the need to give people permission to give us feedback. And then when we receive the feedback, we have to receive the feedback with graciousness. And thank you for being honest. Thank you for bringing that to my attention instead of that. No, I'm not, you know, kind of mentality. And it's another opportunity to do reality testing,
1: taking that feedback and marrying that up with how you were feeling. What was your interpretation of it? What are the facts? Because that person has their own viewpoints, their own frame of reference. So it's taking that feedback and then doing more reality testing with it. Mm -hmm. What is true? What is so what is fact here? And let me make my decision on how to adjust after I do another round. Yeah. And this
0: is one of those wonderful whiteboard activities that you can do with your team when you have a situation that you're dealing with is. Okay, what are the facts as we know them? Let's throw them up on the whiteboard. Okay, all my overly optimistic people, what do you see? Okay, all my pessimistic people, what do you see? And just really being able to get all of it out there. You know, I love a good whiteboard, being able to get it all out there, all very visual. And then you can go through each of those extremes. and look at, okay, could this happen? You know, what's the reality of this happening kind of a thing. And I think that helps bring your team into a good conclusion about how you're going to handle the situation at hand.
1: Yeah. So I think an activity for for all of us to do, to work on our reality testing, to build that muscle, is to take time to, and I know you love to support journaling,
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and write down a few scenarios. Clients are so sick of hearing me ask about their <laughs> journals.
1: <laughs> and and to go back and and write down a couple of scenarios where there was a lot of emotion involved or the stakes were high. It could be a work relation, a work scenario. It could have been a big decision that needed to be made. It could be family, right? Fam- there's a lot of emotion around family things. And write down the scenario and say, this is the scenario. This is then take the time and say, this is what really happened. These are the facts mm-hmm. this was my interpretation of the facts and just taking the time to do a few of those, to start building that muscle so that it becomes a more natural thing in the moment when things are happening.
0: Right. And, and that's the key, right? It's, we've talked about this before in our podcast, we've got to do things over and over and over again To create a new way of thinking. So by doing that over and over again, it will become much more natural in the situation for you to be able to react in a more reality testing mentality. Right. So to kind of sum it up, people with a good capacity for reality testing, see the world around them with objectivity And with a clear view of the situation, they're quick to recognize problems and see opportunities. They can do both, and they're not stuck at one end or the other. Beautifully summed up. So are we ready for three practical solutions to extraordinary leadership? I believe we are. I am seeing
1: the first one come out as when you are faced with a situation that is emotion involved or the stakes are high, Step back and ask yourself, what are the facts, not my opinion?
0: The second I would think would be to be objective in your interpretation and opinions of the facts. Are you being overly negative or are you being overly positive about the situation?
1: Right. And then something we we focused on here was getting input from others on how well they saw you managing the situation.
0: And give them permission to give you honest feedback. Indeed. Lori, this has been fun. I have had such a good time, as always, chatting with you about extraordinary leadership.
1: The highlight for me is talking about this.
0: Well, I will look forward then to having another enlightening discussion next week. Until then. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.